For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for business owners and marketers who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Virginia Kerr, and we're going to talk about video and storytelling. And I think you're absolutely going to love this. If you've been struggling figuring out how to showcase your personality on camera for your business, this is absolutely the episode for you. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Virginia Kerr. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Virginia Kerr. If you don't know who Virginia is, she's the founder of This Is Video School, a course for female entrepreneurs who want to use social video to grow their business. Her group coaching program and mastermind is called This Is YouTube School, and her podcast is called This Is Virginia Kerr. Virginia, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Today, Virginia and I are going to explore creating videos that connect with an audience. Before we go there, I'd love to hear your backstory. How'd you get into video? I know a little bit of the story, but I know my audience doesn't know it. So start wherever you want to start. I've been in video since 1998 when I started my broadcast journalism career, but I became obsessed with storytelling and characters when I was a little girl. And I bring that up because while I had a pretty successful news career, I really didn't know who I was. It was all for show. I was trying to figure out who I was and prove to myself that I was worth something. And I had a great wake up call about four years ago and I realized I really didn't know who I was. I just had a title, a job title, and that's what I wrapped my identity in. And so I decided to stop everything. Real quick, tell us a little bit more about what it was like to be involved with television. Like just a little bit of that story. Like what'd you do? And just just so people can wrap their head around that. So I started my career in television journalism in 1998 in Missoula, Montana. (laughs) Scared to death. But I had a dream since I was in sixth grade of going into television and sharing people's stories. And from Montana, I went over to Spokane, Washington. And that's when I became a weekend anchor, and I really started to fall in love with feature stories. And then I went to St. Louis in 2003, and I was the morning anchor there. And eventually, I would get on a lifestyle show where I would share people in the community stories. Most of them were business owners, so that's where I really got to help them 
come to life with their story. So it wasn't just about their product. I did that for about four years. And after that, I started my own show in St. Louis that focused on people in the community just to show all the great things that were going on in the St. Louis area and to really show how we are all more alike than we are different. And that was the most stressful part of my life, but it was so rewarding to get to do that. Okay. So as you're doing this show, you realize as you, as you hinted a little earlier that this wasn't what you really wanted to do with your life. Right. So tell us a little bit more. I thought I wanted to do that. I I thought I was doing all the things that would make me happy because I was hitting all these goals. I was telling people I was going to create these big projects and bring these ideas to life. And all of that was happening. But inside I was really struggling because I was running in so many different directions. And I really didn't know who I was because I'd wrapped up my identity in these titles and these accomplishments. So I stopped everything and decided I was going to go back to square one. Who was I before life got complicated and I lost myself? What did I like to do then? What do I want my life to look like now? And I'm going to start making decisions to make that lifestyle happen. And I realized I loved the story and the video and all that. That was all real. Where I lost it was when I tried to live my life impressing other people. And I I realized also that I'm not one that really likes things that complicated. I wanted my life to be simple. And so I decided I'm going to start helping other people bring their stories to video from my laundry room. (laughs) So I don't have to run all over town and have this crazy schedule trying to keep up with a hundred different things. I'm just going to simplify with that one mission to help other business owners bring their story to life and grow their audience and business with video. And it looks a lot different than it did back in the day when I was sharing people's stories all over the St. Louis market. But I'm the happiest I've ever been because I chose to pivot and, and take on the lifestyle that really worked for me. So for those that aren't watching the video, she is broadcasting or recording from her laundry room, which I think is kind of exciting. <laughs> so you decided to start working out of your laundry room. Was that about how many years ago was that? And what, tell us a little bit about that journey and then bring us up to the present. Well, I wish I could tell you that I just decided this is what I'm going to do. And I know exactly how I'm going to make it work, but that is not how it happened. In the beginning, I, I started with a podcast simply because I felt pulled to do it. I, put, I felt pulled to share my story. I, I really did it selfishly to figure out what was going on with me, but at the same time, hopefully help other people who might be going through something similar. And as I every week would share what I had learned about what was going on in my life and stop people pleasing and really get intentional with the decisions I'm making, I started to talk more and more about video because that was such a passion. And if you listen to my podcast, which it's a little cringy to me to listen to the very beginning, you can see the development of how I'm, I'm getting clarity as I go. And I'm realizing, oh, this is my gift. This is my passion. This is the vehicle I can use to help people. It's just going to look different than when I was in television. So bring us up to the present. Like, what are you doing now? And how many years have you been doing it? And who are you helping? So in June of 2019 is when I started my podcast. Eventually, I started to dabble on Instagram. I didn't know anything about Instagram. I tested things on Instagram. Again, pretty cringy, trying to figure it all out. But then at the same time, in about, I think it was October of 2019, I started a TikTok account just for fun. I convinced myself that no one knew me over there and I could do whatever I wanted. So that was my playground while I tried to figure out 
what I was going to talk about on Instagram. And eventually all of this came together and I started to use the creativity that I was expressing over on TikTok to teach people in my own way on Instagram. So by the time Reels launched in 2020, I was golden when it came to short form video because I had now grown two accounts on TikTok. And that's when I created this video school and it took off. That was August of 2020. And now I continue to grow that community and I'm also teaching YouTube long form video content as well. Outstanding. So there's some people listening right now that don't have the fortunate background that you have of being trained specifically how to perform on camera and working in television and stuff. And maybe they don't really fully understand why video and storytelling when they're kind of wrapped together are so important. So for anybody who's maybe not yet come to the realization that this is a valuable, powerful thing, what do you want to say to them? Everybody has a story. Everyone can craft and acquire the skills of video. No one is born knowing how to act on camera. It's very awkward looking into a camera lens and pretending like it's a person. But with the right practice and the right direction, anybody can do it. It's a, it's a mindset. And there are ways for you to tune out the awkwardness and really get focused on who you're helping. And I think that's number one is really knowing who you're talking to and why you want to talk to them. What do you want to accomplish with this? The storytelling part comes in because we are wired. Our brains are wired to communicate through stories. We're able to connect with people and get them to remember us, get them to feel what you need them to feel something to take action way faster through storytelling than just facts. And a lot of people think they don't have a story to tell, but we all have stories to tell. And the stories don't have to be real serious. They, they could be just a, a little snippet of a story to help someone see something in a different way that gets them to, A, realize that they can do what you're doing, but also connect with you in some way. As I've been sharing my story, I'm sure there's something that I said that maybe someone in the audience can relate to. And that's the power of storytelling. Back in the day when you used to work in the various television news stations and you were doing these stories on businesses, what kind of an impact did you telling the story of a business have on that business? That's the first part of the question. And then there's a second part. I'll wait till you answer it. When the business owners would come into the studio and I started very quickly asking them questions that they really didn't expect because, of course, they thought they were just going to get on there and talk about their product and why people need their product. When I started to show them how taking certain pieces of their background out and, and using that to connect with the audience, it relaxed them, first of all, because now they got to talk about themselves, but I think they got to see how they could help people in a whole new light. It wasn't just about, hey, we've got to get our product out. We've got to make sure that people know what it is that we do. It's now they get to see why this person cares so much about helping people with this product. Because just like what you were asking me earlier, we all have a story behind why we do what we do. And when that comes to light, people see us in a whole new way and they're more likely to be open to your offer when they understand why you do what you do. Have you heard from people that you've done these stories with in television that it made a big impact on their business? People ended up wanting to do business with them more as a result of the stories that you guys did on them? Absolutely. And it's not just their story that we were showcasing. It was also the stories of other people that they had helped. And when people who are watching can see themselves in either the business owner's story or in their client's story, they're way more likely to reach out and say, that's me. I need you too. And yes, we had people whose business exploded after they 
were able to share their story. Now we're in an era where you don't need television to get your message out there, right? Because you can put it on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. How is it for you to, quote unquote, make a video or for your students and put out a similar kind of story, but using this new media, right, which is social media? How is that? impacted you? How has that impacted your students? And is it totally different than maybe what happened at the local level? It is the same. And it's also very different. I think a lot of people think that their origin story and how they came to be is the only story, but you would bore people to pieces if that's all you talked about all the time. So being able to recognize the different stories that you have and when it's appropriate to use those, or not even just the story, but maybe certain details of that story. Now you're able to come in and you can talk for days because when you recognize the different stories that can help people understand what you can do for them, then now you can share the same information in very different ways so that it doesn't feel like you're running out of content or that you're constantly repeating yourself. So on local television, the the problem with that is it's hard to get on. I mean, first of all, you have to convince the TV station that you should even be on there in the first place, or maybe you have to pay to have your story presented on a television show. Whereas with social media, we all can do it. We all can immediately open an account and and share our story in any way that we want. So it's very easy in that way. But the other problem or the problem with that is if you don't know how to do it, then you won't be able to grab the people's attention to get them to listen to you when you share your story. Yeah. And I would think that the upside to television, obviously, is the big social proof side of it. Like if you can get the clip and you can show off that you were on that TV show, that's going to be really valuable for your business as seen on NBC affiliate or whatever. Right. But the flip side of it is you're only going to get that tiny little fragment of the audience that happens to tune in live for that particular show, where on social media, they can watch these videos forever, right? Which is kind of a, the reach I think is massive. Has that been encouraging for you? How the algorithms will just kind of find you an audience depending on how you're, how you're doing this? Yes. That's what I was going to say. There is no algorithm with television. So you're at the mercy of whoever happens to watch that program and you may not have your ideal person in the audience. Whereas if you do it right on social media, the algorithm knows what you're talking about and who you are for. And so it's going to send that to those people. And absolutely, I've never spent money in advertising and I've been able to to build a, a large business because of the algorithms and knowing how the algorithms work and showing up consistently. If you don't, if in the beginning you think just a few videos are gonna do it for you, you're wrong because you're getting better and the algorithm is getting to know you and it needs that information. It's a computer, it needs that information to figure out who it needs to send your information or your content to. Okay, so we've spent some really valuable time kind of breaking down why video and storytelling is so important, specifically on social media and using the comparative analysis to television is really, I think, insightful. Now, let's talk about the attributes of really successful video entrepreneurs. When we were prepping for this, we kind of identified a couple of really powerful attributes. And then we're gonna give examples of all that fun stuff and break it all down. But what's the first thing, the first attribute of successful video creators? Well, if you're a business owner, you have to position yourself as an expert in what you do, or people will not trust, they're not going to buy from you or hire you. So you have to have authority. You have to prove that you know what you're talking about, and you have to deliver it in a way that you are confident that not only do you know what you're talking about, but you're confident that you can get people results. So authority is 
one of the three things. So let's talk about that. What does that really mean? Like, let's break down what authority means and kind of why it's so important. If we can dig in a little bit more on that, I think I know what it means, but it may mean something different to you or maybe to anyone else inside of our audience. Well, let me tell you what it's not first. So a common mistake people make when they get on video or social media in general is they want to be relatable and they, they want to be fun and they want to focus on their lifestyle. And th- so they don't showcase what it is they do, who they do it for, and the results that they can get people. That's the authority. And you need that if you want people to trust you enough to buy from you. So that's when you're going to do that educational content. You're going to share the stories of people that you've helped and prove that you've gotten them results. That's when you are not just going to show up and talk about yourself, but you're going to think about your ideal viewer and their problem that you specifically can solve. And you're going to start giving information that helps them get these wins in their life so that they associate you with those wins. That's establishing you as the go-to person in your industry. It all goes back to storytelling though, because obviously other people are doing exactly what you do. So how can we differentiate you from them and get people to remember you, get you to stand out so that your ideal person says, that's my person right there. She's the one that's going to help me. And that's how you establish authority by the storytelling and the educational content and the content that's going to get them to trust you and want to buy from you. I'm glad you said that because I've seen plenty of people speak with quote unquote authority. Okay. They act as if they know what they're talking about. They make declarative statements that they believe to be true, but they don't back it up with anything, right? They just say something. And what I love about what you're saying is you're saying, we'll give examples, educate people. The authority is almost granted to the video person as a result of the way they act on camera is really what I'm hearing you. You don't present with authority. You present something that makes others feel like you're authoritative. Is that correct? Yes. And there's different levels of authority. I am a loud person. I'm pretty direct with my teaching, but I'm a nice person, but I'm still not going to sugarcoat. And I'm going to tell you exactly what you're doing wrong so that we can make it better. My approach may be very different than someone else who's also established themselves as an authority, but I have a different personality. So some people are more abrasive, assertive than others, but it doesn't make my way better than someone else's. These three attributes that we're going to go through are helping you figure out what your personality is like, because we want to have all these things that we're going to be talking about, but we also have to recognize that we all have different personalities. So you can establish yourself as the go-to expert without acting like someone else. And the best way to do that is not only to be yourself on camera, but also to start sharing stories that people have never heard before. We, We have very common popular stories we like to use in the business world, like talking about Microsoft or Apple. But If you use stories that everybody else uses, then you're going to become white noise. But if you can identify stories of your experience or the experience of people that you've helped, now these are stories that people have never heard of before, and you are backing up what you claim to be and what you claim to do to help people. We were talking about an example of Gary Vaynerchuk. So if you want to maybe explain a little bit about a lot of my audience is going to know who Gary Vee is, but what is it about Gary Vee and the way he does what he does that helps establish that authority in your opinion? We're walking through these three things that everybody needs to be successful on video online if they're a business owner. And the successful people have all three of these, but all of us will have more of one of these than the other two. So the one we're talking about right now is authority. 
Gary Vaynerchuk is very authoritative. <laughs> he is high on authority. He is very direct. He is loud. He may not be for you, but you know who he is. And he can get his point across. And whether you like him or not, he's successful and he knows what he's talking about. And his authority comes out in the way that he delivers, but also he's continually backing up what he knows with the proof, whether it's us getting to see him behind the scenes with someone who's meeting him for the first time at one of his appearances and we get to hear him help them, that's social proof behind the scenes, or whether it's him up on stage giving us what we need to do if we want to grab attention in 2023. He knows what he's talking about because he can back it up, but he delivers it in a very authoritative way. Okay, cool. So the very first attribute of successful video creators, and there's three of them, and we're going to get to the next one here in a second. And what I love about the framework you said is think of these almost like a triangle, right? And you ideally have one that's a dominant player here, right? And you probably aren't going to be dominant in all three, right? But you have attributes of all of these. So authoritative is Gary Vaynerchuk. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app and happy listening. Okay, what's the second attribute of a successful video creator? A successful video creator has to be entertaining in some way. They have to be fun in some way. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to be funny. It doesn't mean that you're going to go dress up in characters like I'm known to do in my videos sometimes. Because again, it goes back to your personality. But if you think of anyone that you like to follow on social media, even if you follow them for their educational content, they're showing their personality. They're not always serious. They're, they're able to laugh at themselves. They're able to take you behind the scenes and show you some fun things that happened that day. That is the fun factor that so many people miss because there's a continuum. There's the people that think they have to be fun all the time and do the trends and dance on video. And then they wonder why in the world they're not making any money. And then there's the people who think they can't do the goofy stuff. They have to be all business all the time, super serious, but there's no way for us to really feel like they're our friend. Maybe we see them as a go-to expert, but kind of boring. And eventually we're going to forget about them because someone else has gained our attention, especially when it comes to short form content. I'm not saying that you should try to make people laugh in all of your videos, but that also goes back to storytelling. Storytelling is a way to entertain people without you feeling like you have to perform. So if you are not the funny, jovial person, if you master storytelling, you are going to be able to check off that fun factor in your videos. I'm glad you brought this up because if I think about myself, okay, anybody who has watched me for a while knows that there is a corny side of me that never shows its face on this podcast, but has, if you go to like the about page on social media examiner and you, you watch the video where I gave myself the national pinecone award, <laughs> you know, because I was talking about how not to be braggadocious and all this kind of stuff. There is this side of me that's kind of crazy and fun. I don't bring it out because I'm generally a very methodical, more serious, if you will, entrepreneur slash marketer. But when you tell me, Hey, storytelling counts, 
wow, that lights me up because like I can tell a story and I know so many people listening can tell a story and they don't, but they don't think of story as entertainment, but they should. That's what I'm hearing you say. Like, Hey, if you can tell a really good story, why is that entertainment? Like help people understand that. Cause in their mind, this is a business audience and they don't make the connection between entertainment and story without thinking about comedians. You know what I mean? Like help, help everybody understand why that actually legitimately is fun for people. Again, I'm, I'm going to take some information that I've been giving through this podcast. So I, I could say to you, here are the three elements you need if you want to position yourself as an authority, as a go-to expert in your industry. But by me sharing Gary Vaynerchuk's story, now I've introduced a character. And I've even gone through and shown, as I was even saying it, I was picturing Gary V with people off stage, talking to him, someone from the audience. I'm helping you paint that picture. I'm probably even recalling memories of you watching Gary V on video or listening to his podcast. And maybe that's even stirring up feelings because of those memories. All of that is creating an experience that is way different than if I was just to spew three facts at you on how to position yourself as a go-to expert in your industry. I'm getting you to see something. I'm getting you to feel something. I'm getting you to understand what I'm talking about in a whole new way, on a whole new level. That is entertaining. You hijack someone's brain when you start to tell a story. The brain can't help but listen, especially if you're telling it the right way. And now you are, have tapped into their memories and their senses and their feelings. I can't remember where I learned it. It may have been on HubSpot. But I, I learned that when you give people facts, it only activates two parts of the brain. But when you tell a story, it activates seven parts of the brain. That's a whole different experience. That's why people are more likely to feel something and remember a person when they share a story. Well, and for those that are paying attention, whenever I get a new guest on the show, I always ask them, what's your story, right? Yes. And, and the reason I do that is because I want to bring people in. And I know that story lets people lose time and it's so powerful. And we've always got story whenever we have a new guest on the show or whenever it's been a long time since we brought a guest back. So you've got a great example. Do you remember who our example was in this particular case? Oh yeah. Let's One of my favorite people in the world. So Joanna Gaines is a great example of someone. Now, again, she's got authority. You can't be a successful business person if you don't have authority and, and you don't build trust. Tell everybody who she is. Okay, Joanna Gaines was on the show Fixer Upper on HGTV. Now she has her own Magnolia Network. She's in Waco, Texas with her husband, Ship, and people flock to this little town in Texas just to see this family, even though you won't see them. I went there, but you get to feel My them. My wife again. and I went there too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and they are the masters of storytelling. If you ever watched Fixer Upper, they bring in their people, their guests, their clients, who they are going to help with a transformation. We get to dive into who they are, why they want to move to Waco, what they need in this house that's so unique to them and, and their family's needs. And so we invest into this family because Chip and Joanna they introduce us, introduce us to them. But what's so great that got us all to feel like they were our best friends is how much fun they have on that show. And they take us behind the scenes. They could just tell us the one, two, threes of how to remodel a home or how to design a kitchen, but they go way further than that with their storytelling, giving us the why behind all the, the 
decisions that they make, but also their fun behind the scenes moments that got us to all feel like they were our friends who we wished lived next door. <laughs> and when you go to Joanna's Instagram account, she's not in your face telling you what to do. She's not the Gary V who's getting on there and dropping F-bombs and saying, this is what you got to do if you want to hit your goals and, and change your life. Instead, she's painting a picture of what her life is like by having fun with the people that she works with and with her family. She's a lot of fun, but she also has authority. But that's an example of how she's got more fun than she does the authority. But you have to have authority if you're going to make money. Yeah. And in particular for those, especially the international audience who may not be familiar with the show, there's multiple stories going on, right? The way she does yeah. it, she'll have like her carpenter person and the story of the carpenter person. And then there's a story of transformation, right? Where they find the house and then they remodel the house and the family sees the before and after. So there's like multiple levels of story going on here while the fun is going on. But most of the fun is just the quirky little stuff with her husband, right? Like he's the guy that's the, I don't know, the jokester. I don't know how else to say it, right? But they have fun together. And I think that's what makes that show so endearing to so many people. So that's really, really fascinating. So she's got authority because obviously she's an interior designer, right? And her husband's like the contractor, right? And she knows how to transform the look and feel things. But it's because it's because she's so transparent, it seems, about who she is and really shows off the fun side of her that that's why she has such a loyal audience. Is that kind of what I'm hearing from you? Absolutely. They clearly get people results. People love their homes that they create. But at the same time, they don't take themselves too seriously. Chip is always messing something up in some way or discovering a, a big obstacle and conflict that's happened, which you need in a story. If you want to have a good story, you got to have a conflict. And then they show you how they overcome this, this obstacle, this struggle. And now we get to see the transformation and we get the feel good moment at the end when they have the couple come and see their home for the very first time. And we get to have tears in our eyes right along with them because it's such a joyous moment. And that's part of like the whole show is one big story, but you're right. There's side stories all along, but they have fun. It's a lot more entertaining to watch fixer upper than this old house, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. So we've got three attributes here. The first one is authority. The second one is fun slash entertainment. What's the third part of this triangle, if you will, the third attribute of a successful video creator. You have to come through the screen and connect with your audience. You have to get them to feel like you understand them and that you care about where they're going. They have to be the hero in your stories that you tell. You are not the hero. They are the hero. And if you don't connect with people, they don't see you as a human. They don't see you as their person. They have no reason to come back. They're going to be able to find someone else who does what you do. And if they find someone who, who they feel gets them and connects with them more than you, then they're going to go to them. And that's okay. We're not here for everybody, but you've got to connect with your ideal person if you want to make money with your video. So how do we do that? Because a lot of people might be like, I have no idea how to do that. Like I can tell a story. <laughs> I can be fun. I can speak authoritatively, but how do I actually connect with somebody? Well, it goes back to storytelling. This is what I love about storytelling because you can hit all three of these with storytelling. But it also goes back to how you come across on camera, because if you don't look compassionate, and I don't mean in every video, but you, you have to come across as someone who is not robotic 
and someone who is looking at you in the camera and connecting with you. Just like if you were with someone in, in person, you would look them in the eye. You would have open body language. You would share experiences that you've had that can relate to what they've had. So this is going to go into your, not just how you come across on camera, but it also plays a role in your content strategy because you don't want to have all educational, this is how you do it content. You will not be able to connect with people if that's all you do. You have to have a nice balance. Before we get into your example, well, maybe we do need to get into your example, but on that thing that you just said, you can't just have the how-to stuff. Like, can you give me an example of how you personally would do this? Like how you might connect with one of your videos to your audience before we get to your famous example? Absolutely. It, it doesn't just happen in one video. I mean, it can, but I also do it with the way that I talk about the mistakes I've made. So I am an open book when it comes, even today, I'm testing things all the time. All of us are. No one can come on here in all honesty and say that they know how to do everything and they get it right every single time. And when you're able to say, I tested this and it didn't work and this is why it didn't work and I want to tell you so that you avoid the same mistake I made, that is you being transparent and vulnerable enough for them to say, oh, she is human. Oftentimes, especially on Instagram stories, I share what I'm going through with my dad who's sick right now. And this is therapeutic for, for you at home listening to this too, because a lot of times we feel like we always have to act like we've got it together. And like, even though life might be falling apart in the, the background, we have to pretend like everything's okay. But you also have to remember that your ideal person has the same stuff going on in their life. So it always surprises me, even though it shouldn't, when I share things that have been a struggle for me with traveling back to Alabama to be with my dad while still operating a business and showing up for my audience, like that can be a real struggle sometimes. And so I can create content around that. Here's how I come back from a long social media break. Here's how I am now balancing my, my family life and my work life during this hard season of life. You don't have to share all your secrets. You don't have to talk about things you're not comfortable talking about, but you have to let them in enough to know that you are human too and you understand what they're going through. I love this. What I'm hearing you say is, hey, it's really easy to just share tips and techniques and come across as authoritative and every once in a while be fun. But if you really want to make an impact, you should share some of the struggle. That's one way to go about doing it. It's not the only way, but it's a powerful way. If you share the struggle, like there's a lot of struggle being an entrepreneur, right? There's a lot of struggle being a marketer. And if you talk about kind of how it had an impact on you and how you're trying to overcome it, that's not going to necessarily come across as bad. That's going to come across as good. But so many people like would never do that because they feel like, no, nobody wants to hear that. But what you're saying is that's actually very powerful, right? Absolutely. Now, there's a wrong way to do it before we get into the, the right way. Some people think that they can just vent. Maybe they're super angry at their neighbor. I see this a lot on Facebook. Or they're having a horrific day and they're mad at the world and they just want to get on and they want to cry fest. Now, if you've ever done that, it's okay if you've done it. I've done it. I have done it. But that is not going to be something that people want to see over and over. I like to teach from my scars, not from open wounds. Meaning, I wait a beat or two before I get on and share things. Because, first of all, and I've been known to cry. I, I am an emotional person. But I know that if I wait long enough, I can come on and give 
a powerful episode on my podcast or something that's really helpful to my ideal person, if I give it enough time to really wrap my head around what I went through, how I came out on the other side, and what I learned from that. So that's what I mean by teaching from a scar versus when you're in the moment and you just want to throw it all out there and it's an ugly mess. It happens and that's okay, but that doesn't, that's not part of your strategy is what I'm saying. And when we understand the difference, that's when, for me at least, because I've, I've experienced burnout quite a lot with all the different platforms that I'm on. And when I give myself grace and say, it's okay, we've been here before. We're, we don't have to tell our audience about this. We're going, we, me, I'm going to wait this out and see what part of this can I use to help my ideal audience. It's something I'm going through right now. I, I was just quiet a little bit because I was going through stuff. And something that I, a lot of creators do to themselves is they beat themselves up when they don't show up every single day during the hard seasons. And that's not fair to you. It's not fair to your audience. It's not fair to your existing or your future clients. If you're not taking care of yourself and really letting yourself heal and take breaks. I may have gone off on a tangent, but no, this is perfect. I think a lot of us understand what that feels like. This is necessary. I think it's really important. I love the idea of teaching from your scars, not your open wounds, because I do think that at the core of this is story, right? And if we have an objective, because this is a business show and this is a marketing show, we want to tell a story that has a moral and if the story doesn't have a moral or some sort of a possible outcome that's either a lesson learned from my mistakes, tragedy story, or lesson learned from how I overcame these challenges, which is opportunity story, well, then maybe we shouldn't share that, right? Because the goal here is to share a story. But when we can share some of the mistakes that we made, it humanizes us. And that's what makes that connection. That's really what I'm hearing you say. So now if you want to go ahead and share that example that you were going to share, you remember who the example was that you wanted to share? Mel Robbins. If you don't know who Mel Robbins is, she's a best-selling author. She wrote The Five Second Rule and she wrote, her latest book is The High Five Habit. And she is someone who is high on connection. Again, she has fun. She is an authority, but when you go to Mel Robbins' Instagram, or if you've ever watched her, I've, I've seen her in public, she is all about high emotion, and I mean, she's a motivational speaker, so her life goal is to help people improve their lives, and she shares these vulnerable moments on her Instagram stories, but there's always a lesson in that moment. She's not going to just get on and cry and make it all about Mel. She's always making it about her viewer who's watching and teaching them and encouraging them through her own stories. But she's also high on connection and compassion just because of the way she communicates. Her videos are very different than like, if you go to Joanna Gaines's page, it's all very pretty because again, interior designer, it's, it's just, it's peaceful, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful. Mel Robbins is intimate. She's got her phone in her hand and she's walking and talking and using her hand gestures because that's a lot of body language that a lot of people miss out on when they want to make connection. You, you need to use your hands and show them. And so her feel of her videos, very different than if you were to go watch a Gary V or a Joanna Gaines. This is fascinating because as we're going through these three examples, authority, entertainment, and connection, 
there are some people in the audience that are finding that they resonate more with one versus the other because of their personality, right? Absolutely. Like, I think I resonate more with the authority one, to be honest with you, just because I think it's more of who I am, right, than the fun and the connection side of it. So do you recommend people kind of have an internal audit of what their personality is and be transparent rather than trying to be someone they're not? Let's talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah. So a great way to look at this is let's let's take Gary Vaynerchuk and let's get him for one day to act like Joanna Gaines. What would that look like? That would be It wouldn't last really very long. Weird. It wouldn't last very long. No. Yeah. And what would it look like if we got Joanna Gaines to get up on stage and act like Gary Vaynerchuk? Really not good. And that's just an example of what would happen if you were to connect with someone on video and say, I'm going to act like that. I'm going to talk like that. I'm going to be that person. It would not feel good to you. And even if you were able to pull it off on camera, it wouldn't last because you can't be someone else and pull it off for the rest of your life. Content creation is a lot easier when you really go all in on who you are and why you are the way you are and your personal stories, because you'll never run out of content that way. You'll never feel fake on camera. Now, this is a journey. I, you can listen to this and you can say, okay, I've got it. I'm more compassionate than I am fun and authoritative, but I need a little bit more authority. I'm just going to go do it. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately, but it doesn't mean you can't achieve it. It just means now you know what direction to go in and you need to do it over and over. And the more you do it, the better at it you will get. So how would you self-identify yourself? I'm just curious, like on this little triangle that we've made here. That's what's so, now again, I pick these people because I like these people. So there's that. But I am high on authority. I mean, I'm a, like I said, I'm loud. I'm in your face. I get really revved up when I'm, when I'm training. I love it. And I do like to have a lot of fun. So again, as I mentioned, I have characters in some of my videos. I might be a little too goofy for some people. And I obviously, I do care about people. I share my stories, but I am one that has to be very intentional about making sure I share those stories. I'm an Enneagram three. I don't know if you're aware of the Enneagram personalities. Yeah, yeah. I'm an eight wing but, seven, so I get it. Okay, so Enneagrams, we are all about the work and we don't wanna look like we don't know what's going on. I've gotten over that part, but I have to be intentional with making sure I do include those behind the scenes moments and those life lessons because I tend to get real excited about the teaching and the having fun. So I would say, I'd love to get your opinion. I would say I'm high on authority and then it would be fun and then it would be a connection, but I yeah. have all three. You gotta have all three <laughs> if you want to be successful on on video with, with your business. Well, and I think that's, I mean, from what I've learned about you, I would say that you, you've properly self-identified yourself. I would say for me, I kind of feel like I'm very similar to you. You know, I think I'm yeah. definitely authority, a little bit of entertainment, mostly just from a storytelling perspective and a lot less from a humor or fun, even though I can be all that stuff. And I have to be extremely intentional if I'm going to share something about a struggle. You know what I mean? Like I don't, it's not in my nature and there's a lot of people that it's not in their nature. So how do people like us even know what stories to share? I mean, like got any wisdom for people that struggle with sharing stories that might be personal? I think it goes back to who you're helping and what they need help with. So really getting to know their fears and I'm talking about your ideal person. What are their fears? What are the challenges that they're facing? And then what stories in your past can you pick out that would identify to that fear? So for instance, obviously people are afraid of live video because who isn't? <laughs> and so I like to share the story of 
when I first, I've got a few of them, but when I first went live on television, it was a disaster. And I, I share how I can remember my cheeks were shaking and I knew that if I didn't just smile that my whole face would look like something traumatic was happening to me. And so I want people to know that that happened to me too, but I was so relieved that I finally did it. Or maybe I'll share the first time I ever went live on Instagram and only three people showed up and they all were out within five seconds. But I told myself I had to talk for 10 minutes because I knew the more I did it, the more relaxed I would be. And so I can share that story and say, oh my gosh, if your first live was terrible, so was mine. I only had three people on and they all tuned out in the first five seconds, but I kept going. And then every week I told myself, you gotta go live on Fridays for 10 minutes. And eventually I got to the point where it was nothing and I, my live videos became successful. So it's, it's those stories of when you did the thing for the first time and how much of a disaster it was. So now we are entertaining. If we are able to tell a funny story, we are showing some more of our personality and then we are connecting with them because we're relating to what they went through. We're saying, I had the same disaster happen, but here's what I learned. And here's how I was able to use that experience and make it better the next time. So now you've got that transformation and the results. So we've shared a story and we've hit all three of the attributes we talked about today, the entertainment, the connection and the authority. Virginia, there are a lot of people listening right now that are like, this was a really good episode. <laughs> and there's some people that want to follow you on the socials. Maybe it sounds like Instagram is the one. Where do you want to send them if they want to follow you? And then if they want to check out your business, is there a specific site or anything you want to send them to? Everything is, this is Virginia Kerr, K-E-R-R. -R. That's my podcast. That's my Instagram account. And that is my YouTube channel. And my website is also thisisvirginiakerr.com. Virginia, thank you again for coming on and answering all my questions. We're way better because of it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your follow-up questions. That, that made it so much better. <laughs> Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 574. And if you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored Podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored Podcast.